This is a big Sunday. Uh, As Brian has said, this is Commitment Sunday. It is the Sunday that we are all coming together and hopefully have been thinking about and praying about our commitments toward our Brighter Together effort. If you're a member here, if you're a visitor here, don't worry about this, but our leadership has put before us a big ask, a big project, and has asked us all to consider as 589 different families Can we come together and share the financial responsibility of expanding our house? (laughs) That's the way I think of a church building. This is our our shared house, the house we have in common to expand our house, to make room for an ever-growing family so that we can reach more people and so that they can experience what we've experienced, so that they can be transformed by this church family, by what God is doing here, the way we have been transformed. I'm going to let uh, Quentin Mims in just a few minutes talk more about that. I'm not going to talk a lot about our commitment because for one reason, uh, this past week, Noah, he's my seven-year-old, he was riding with me the other day in my car and we were actually going to mail out the commitment cards to all of the different families at McDermott Road. And So we were talking about commitments and Commitment Sunday and the commitment cards and, and Noah said, I want, to, I want to fill out a commitment card. I said, well, that's awesome, buddy. That's fantastic. How much, how much do you want to commit? That was my first mistake. I shouldn't have even asked him that question, but I did. So I said, how much do you want to commit? He said, like $10. And I said, well, that's, that's great, buddy. That's fantastic. But let me, let me sort of explain to you how the commitment card works. See, we're, we're doing it over three years. So, you know, over the course of three years, there's like 156 Sundays. And so I started to explain how you could give like a quarter more every week and imagine how. And the more I explained, the more frustrated and confused he got. And so I'm explaining all this to him. And I said, see, so, you know, if you gave an extra quarter every week, imagine how that could, you know, what that would add up to and I said so now what do you think you want to commit he said I don't know dad like five (laughs) dollars so my takeaway was the more I talk the less people give so um, we're not going to talk much about that I'll leave that to Quentin but what I do want to talk about is the why not just the why of expanding our facility but the why behind everything we do here And the why behind every ministry, the why behind every service, the why behind everything that we are and everything that we do is Jesus. Jesus is the why because of who he is and the life he calls us to. And so with that in mind, I want to talk about the triumphal entry in John chapter 12. And I really was just going to focus on a couple verses, but you know me. The more I read it, the more I thought the context here is so incredibly important. And as I read John chapter 12, I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time in this, but but as Jesus is coming into Jerusalem, and you know that if you've read the Gospel of John, you know everything is building up to this, and we know what's coming. We know that the cross is coming, and Jesus knew that the cross was coming. In fact, all throughout the book, he keeps saying, my hour has not yet come. My hour has not yet come. But then when we get to John chapter 12, when Jesus comes into Jerusalem, now he begins to say, the hour has come. The hour has come. Jesus was incredibly intentional. Jesus wants us to know throughout this gospel account that he's in charge here and that it's his decision to go to the cross, that he's calling the shots here. It isn't the Jews and the Jewish leaders in Jerusalem that are calling the shots. It's not the Romans that are calling the shots. It's certainly not the devil who's calling the shots. It's Jesus who's calling 
the shots. And as he comes into Jerusalem and the people come out and meet him and lay down the palm branches and shout Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest, as Jesus comes in and the dialogue that surrounds the triumphal entry, I couldn't help but think there are so many images that are just kind of swirling around in this text. And so I picked out a few of them. If you go home and you go to life group and you may think about some more images that come to your mind, but here are six that came to my mind as I read this text. One, that Jesus is a king prepared for his coronation. That's how this is being laid out. Now, it's the most upside-down, backwards, unexpected coronation that you've ever seen in the world. It's somebody coming in to be crowned as king, but his crown won't be a crown of gold, but a crown of thorns. And he'll be clothed in purple, but it was in a way that was mocking him. And he'll be beaten But this was exactly what Jesus was marching toward. And we hear the people in the streets cry, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, even the King of Israel. And John remembers that it's written, fear not, daughter of Zion, behold, your king is coming, sitting on a donkey's colt. And Jesus talks about his so-called coronation when he is crowned, and the way Jesus puts it is he is lifted up from the earth. And he says, when I'm lifted up from the earth, here's what's going to happen. I'm going to draw, like the Greeks who came and spoke to him, and the Jews who believed in him, I'm going to draw all people to myself when I am lifted up from the earth. And eventually, of course, the Son of Man is going to be taken up on a cloud and sit at the right hand of God and draw all people to himself. This is his intention, desire. This is the way God, through Jesus, will reign as king is through the cross. And then a second thing, we see Jesus in the image of a warrior prepared to dethrone his enemy. Do you remember Jesus says the ruler, by what Jesus is about to do and what he's about to accomplish, what he's marching toward on that road into Jerusalem is that he is going to dethrone the ruler of this world. Do you remember what he says? The ruler of this world will be cast out. That I think about it like David, Jesus' ancestor going down into the valley of Elah to slay Goliath. That what Jesus is doing in going into Jerusalem and giving himself to be crucified and lifted up is he is going to drive the ruler of this world out. He is a warrior. Number three, he's a son prepared to bring glory to his father's name. What he's doing, I will glorify your name. Father, glorify your name in me. And God says, again, Jesus is the faithful son of God of God who does his father's will. Why is it that Jesus did everything that he did that the father might be glorified in the son? I think of Isaiah 53. We talked about that a few weeks ago. Who who will go and save the nations and bring them back to God? Who will go and suffer in order to reconcile humanity to God? And Jesus is the faithful son who goes into the world and gives himself that his father might be glorified in him. Fourth image, a master prepared to show his servants how to serve. Fifth, a grain of wheat prepared to be planted and reproduce himself. Jesus says, listen, 
here's what I am. I'm this grain of wheat. And think about a grain of wheat. If you hold it in your hand, or even if it's still growing on the stalk, what, what does it do? Nothing. Right? I mean, you could hold a grain of wheat forever. You could put it on a shelf forever, and it'll just stay there, and it won't do anything. In order for it to produce, it has to die and be planted in the ground. And then when it dies and it breaks down in the ground, then can new life come from it and it can be reproduced in other seeds. And Jesus says, that's exactly what I'm going to accomplish. I like a grain of wheat. I'm going to be planted and die. I'm going to be planted in the ground so that he could reproduce himself in his followers. And then finally, six, a light prepared to illuminate the way through darkness. This is the one I really want to focus on. But think about all of those points, that that this is what Jesus is doing as he's riding on that colt of a donkey, riding into Jerusalem, and the people are shouting, Hosanna, and he comes into the city, a world. John has been laying this out from the very beginning, hasn't he? The world that Jesus came into was a planet Earth covered in the forces of darkness. And Jesus is the light of God shining into the world. And what Jesus is doing is illuminating the way through darkness. But everything that he's doing and everything he's saying isn't just, this is what I'm doing for you so that you don't have to do these things. In fact, it's the exact opposite. Jesus is saying, if you want to lead, if you want to overcome, if you want to bring glory to the Father's name, if you want to serve your master, if you want to be fruitful, if you want to be light, here's what you do. You follow me. That's what a follower does, right? A follower follows. And Jesus is saying, this is the way to lead. This is the way to bring glory to God. This is the way to be a warrior. This is a way to overcome. This is the way to be light. How? Selfless love and faithfulness. Selfless love and faithfulness. If you want to bring glory to God, if you want to serve Jesus, if you want to be light in the world, if you want to be a warrior who overcomes the forces of darkness, if you want to lead, here's what you do. You serve. You be selfless. You love. You be faithful. Listen to what, John, or what Jesus says in John chapter 12 and verse 25. He says, whoever loves his life loses it. And whoever hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. John loves to pull out these like stark contrasts. It's either you love it or you hate it. You want to know how to live? You want to know how to live now and forever? Hate your life. <laughs> I mean, that's... Kind of backwards, isn't it? Kind of upside down way of thinking. If you want to live, be willing to die. The way Jesus says it in other gospel accounts, if you would follow me, you have to take up your cross and follow me. This is how you live. This is the way to live is through a willingness to die. In order to love your life and keep it and even have life in the age to come, an eternal life. The way you do that is to even hate your life. If anyone serves me, he must follow me. And where I am, there my servant will be also. If anyone serves me, listen to this, the Father will honor him. 
See, what Jesus is leading us to and giving us in Christ, we get to share in His honor and glory. But the way to share in the honor and the glory of Jesus is to follow Him in selfless love, in humility, in service, in faithfulness. Selfless love and faithfulness is the path to glory and honor. Of course, that's not the way the world thinks of it, is it? That's not the way the world leads. That's not the way the world thinks of being a warrior or overcoming or being light or accomplishing good. The the world thinks of it as being assertive and making other people see things your way. But Jesus says, this is the way. If you want to know the way to live, the way to live, the way to really live is to be willing to die. Selfless love. And faithfulness. This is the way you serve me. This is the way you follow me. Take up your cross and follow me. But but I want us to see that that what Jesus is introducing us to, what Jesus is giving us is is a revolutionary new way of being human beings, isn't it? A revolutionary way to live our lives and to change the world through Jesus. Listen to what he says in verse 35. So Jesus said to them, the light is among you for a little while longer. Walk while you have the light, lest darkness overtakes you. We talked about it a couple weeks ago, how Jesus is is God, like the pillar of fire in the wilderness that led the Israelites through the darkness. That's what Jesus is. That's who Jesus is. Jesus is this light that comes into an incredibly dark world and says, listen, it's not going to be long and that light is going to be gone. If you want to know how to walk, how to live, how to really live, watch me, follow me, watch my selfless love and my faithfulness. Watch me and you'll know how to navigate through the darkness. The light is among you for a little while longer. Walk while you have the light, lest the darkness overtake you. The one who walks in the darkness does not know where he is going. And we've all felt like that a time or two, haven't we? Maybe we feel like that a lot of time. I don't know where to go. I don't know what to do. I'm overwhelmed. I'm afraid. Jesus comes to say, Let me show you the way. Follow me, and you'll know how to walk in this dark world. But listen to what he says. While you have the light, believe in the light that you may become, what? Sons of light. Some translations say children of light. Sons and daughters of light. And this is a metaphor that's all through the New Testament, isn't it? That followers of Jesus when they keep their eyes on Jesus and they follow Jesus and they adopt the cross as their new way of life, selfless love and faithfulness, and when the Spirit of God empowers them, they become the light of the world. They become a city set on a hill. And if we really stopped and thought about that for just a second, it would be a little overwhelming, wouldn't it? You're the light of the world. You are the sons and daughters of light in the world. You think, I don't, know. I don't know how to be sons and daughters of light. I don't know how to be the light of the world. I don't know how to be a, a city set on a hill. And Jesus says, yes, you do. Follow me. Follow me. Believe in me. Trust in me. And you will be sons and daughters of light. 
And, and, and you don't have to do it by yourself. See, that's the beauty of all of this, is that you are following Jesus and the Spirit is empowering you and you're with each other. You and you and you and you and you and you and collectively, as we adopt the cross as our way of life, we adopt selfless love and faithfulness as our way of living We keep our eyes on the cross of Jesus and we follow him in that selfless love and faithfulness and the spirit of God empowers us. Then we become the light for the world and our lights shine so brightly together, don't they? You know, every week I I tell you, you know, I love you and I appreciate all the things that you do. I thought it might be helpful for me to give you a few examples of how you are volunteering here how you're partnering together with Jesus and the rest of these people to be a light in this community. Because some of you may not know all the things that happen here. And I'm going to give you a few examples, but listen, if your picture's not up here in just a second, don't be offended. I guess if your picture is up here, don't be offended either. But, you know, there's a lot of things that I I don't have time to cover because there's a million things I could highlight. But I just want to give you a few examples of how people right here are partnering with Jesus and the church to reach the world. I, I think about the Main Street, the Main Street Church of Christ in downtown Dallas, and how every week they feed the homeless and the impoverished in that area. And once a month, people from this congregation go down there and volunteer to help feed and bless our neighbors in Dallas. I, I think about the same thing that goes on with the Thrive Ministry in McKinney, and how people once a month meet up here, bag up fresh produce, fruits, and vegetables. And in the name of Jesus, take them across to our neighbors in McKinney and feed the people that are hungry, being the light in this community. I think about Friendspeak and how so many people, so many of you are partnering together and partnering with Jesus to help our neighbors work on their English and most importantly, introduce them to to scripture, introduce them to Jesus through that ministry. I think about the trips to Nicaragua recently. Last year, lots of people went down, two different trips down to Nicaragua to help build and bless and minister to and teach the people, our neighbors in Nicaragua. I think about those that, that meet up here to make these uh, heart and hand craft items. And these ladies work diligently to make these stuffed animals and, and different homemade things to put in these magi boxes and the boxes go all over the world but especially down to places like south texas and mexico and bless those children down there through the efforts of of you the people that are volunteering here i think about our, our mission points places like south texas and and mexico and Estonia, just a few weeks ago, some of our preachers from South Texas and Mexico, the valley down there, came up here and Brother Warpole and Sister Warpole taught classes and ministered to them and their wives and helped them and loved them. And so many of you have gone down to South Texas and you've volunteered and done service projects and VBSs. Some of you have gone over to Estonia and ministered to people over there in the retreats and the camps. I think about our, our youth and our family. I think about the road family ministry and how, how many, they were telling me this week, how many volunteers it takes to teach these classes and watch and help with these young people. All the way, what, we have 200 elementary school, is that right, Matt? And then 200 junior high, we have 400 kids at McDermott Road and students at McDermott Road. And that, that ministry wouldn't be possible without you 
volunteering to teach and be helpers in classes and helping with VBS and with camps and retreats and service projects and so many things. And I've just barely scratched the surface of the things that you are doing here because our commitment to partnering with Jesus and partnering with the church goes far beyond just financial things. Well, that's important for sure, but it's our time and our presence. It's about a commitment that runs deep. You know, I think about one ministry that sometimes gets overlooked. It's the ministry that you're taking part in right now. Do you know how important this is? That every week you come here and you minister to the other people in this room? You minister to them through song and through the breaking of bread and drinking the cup together? You minister to each other by your presence. You minister to each other, and I hope that you do. I hope that when we say the closing prayer, and and you stack the chairs, don't forget about that, that, that you take a minute to hug somebody, shake somebody's hand, say to somebody, I... Forgive me, I don't know if you're visiting or if you're a member here, but I just wanted to say hi and get to know you a little bit. Say that to somebody. This, thank you for all that you do to partner with Jesus and with the other Christians here to be a light. But that's our moment of truth, our question. Because it's really easy in a big church, it's really easy to just kind of slip in and slip out, to let other people do the heavy lifting to let other people do the giving, to let other people do the volunteering. And so we've all got to stop and ask ourselves, in what ways am I? In what ways are you partnering with Jesus and with Jesus' church, with his people, to be an ever brighter light in the world? In what ways are you partnering with Jesus and the church to be an ever brighter light in the world? And that's what That's what this Brighter Together effort is all about. It's about the fact that all of us can collectively do what none of us could do individually. All of us working together, all of us being committed to being a light in this community can do together what none of us could do apart. And so we want to reach more people and bring more people into that effort. We look at our dark world. Do you ever look at our dark world and you get a little overwhelmed and you say, oh, it's just so bad and everything's falling apart and I don't know what the future is going to hold? Well, if you do and you feel that way, then let's be committed to partnering with Jesus. We, We could partner with all kinds of organizations or parties or groups or people, but Jesus says the only way to be sons and daughters of light is to partner with him and with his church to be a light in this community. So I'm going to ask Brother Quentin to come up and share a few thoughts about how we can be committed specifically to this effort. Thank you, Wes. As I uh, think about the Brighter Together campaign, as we've thought about this, as uh, you have joined us in prayer There's so many different emotions and and things that uh, we have heard. I think about uh, even what uh, Wes was just touching on, how we follow Jesus. Wes on Wednesday evenings has been teaching from Romans in Romans chapter 12 last Wednesday evening where the Jews and the Gentiles were reminded by Paul to think, to say don't think of yourself as being special but think of others as greater than yourself. And, and in today's lesson, in, in uh, the, the adult classes, 
from Philippians chapter 2, Paul reminded the Philippians there to say, emulate Jesus. Look how Jesus set aside and did not hold on to or grasp onto his, the fact he was God. He set that aside and he said, we should think of others as greater than ourselves. But first and foremost, we are following Jesus. As I think about even the process that, that this congregation, as we look at the various ministries that uh, Wes has highlighted a few examples, we have the, the, the process of the different pillars and how do we minister to each other, how do we spread the word of God. But first and foremost, our purpose is that, and the purpose of, of your eldership is that we want to present everyone, each and every one, as mature, as perfect before God. And as we look at our ministries, it is not our desire, it's not our habit to say, let's make sure that we're full so that others can be excluded, so that others won't come in because there's no room for them. Our habit is we want to make room for everyone that God sends our way, for everyone that desires to know God as we are reaching out to our friends and families, as we are spreading the word of God, that's what we want to be about, is to have room for all that God will send our way. And I'll say that as I and the other elders and the brighter together leaders and the ministers have had dozens and dozens of conversations, conversations with each of you or with many of you over the last months, what we hear without exception is that you want to be about ministering to the world around us to serve, to serve each other, to serve God, so that God may be glorified. Now exactly how we do that, there's a lot of different ways that we can serve. And so we have heard a number of ideas of have you considered this, have you considered that? And yes, we have heard there are some things that we wish we could do and some of us wish we could do uh, sooner. But at this point, as Wes has indicated, what we're looking to do is come together to be brighter together with the idea that we have more room in this community so that we can spread our service, we can increase our service, we can increase the number that can join us in um, participating in following Jesus. We're also thankful for each one of you who have been in prayer for the last number of weeks and months and even years for what we're doing here today, which is to commit to what we can do above and beyond our regular giving for the next three years. So each of you should have had uh, the opportunity uh, that their members uh, to fill out a card uh, in an envelope, and that will be included in that, uh, drop that card into the collection plate as that comes. If for some reason you didn't have a chance to fill that out, there are other cards and other places that in the foyer uh, or um, even online where you can provide that information. And l later this week, we will also provide additional information. Some have begin asking, well, when, this is Commitment Sunday, but when can we actually begin the giving? And uh, that can begin immediately as well. And we'll provide more information 
uh, this coming week on, on how that can be designated or how that uh, is, best, uh, is, is best done. But again, thank you. To God be the glory for all that he has done. God will be glorified with what we are able to do together. And we pray that, you, that, that uh, we ask God that he will continue to give us wisdom as we consider exactly how in the timeline and the, the pace at which we'll be able to take advantage of your generosity. Will you bow with me? Dear Father, we are so thankful for your blessings to us. Most of all, we're thankful for Jesus, for the spiritual, the spiritual gifts that you have given us, the fact that we are blessed immeasurably with riches beyond compare, spiritual riches that you have given us. But you've also blessed us greatly physically. And for, for that, God, we are thankful. Father, I thank you for each family here, for the, the prayer and the consideration that each one has given to how to participate in Brighter Together in this financial goal that we have, but also how each family is considering how each one, each one of us can participate in following Jesus to serve you, to serve our community, and to lead others to Christ. Father, I'm also thankful for the, the regular contribution that we're taking up now as well, for the blessings that you have granted us that allow us to, to give, to spread your word, and to serve ourselves, and to serve our community, and serve those in need. Father, thank you, the blessings of being your children. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. We are so incredibly blessed to have the Lord, to have his spirit, to have the scriptures. But we are also incredibly blessed to have each other. I don't know how people make it through challenging times without church family. I am so thankful to have you in my life. But here's something I've come to know over the last couple of decades is that there's not a single family that isn't wrestling with something. Whether it's a loss or a temptation or even an achievement that they're trying to reach, every family has something going on. And it's really easy to think, I'll take care of it. I'll handle it. I don't want anybody to know what's going on in my life. It's really easy to sort of come in and just say everything is fine and go home. But we're really missing out on a huge opportunity when we do that. Not only for you to be blessed by somebody ministering to you, but it's actually a blessing to everyone, everyone else when you allow them to minister to you. And I say every week that we can't know what's going on in your life unless you tell us. And that's incredibly true. There's not a single mind reader here. Nobody knows what's going on in your life unless you share it with us. Our shepherds meet in a prayer room in the back of my office every Sunday. And after service, let them. There's nothing in the world they'd rather do than pray with you or encourage you or point you to a scripture or help you in whatever way you need help. Or maybe, maybe there's somebody here and you've been thinking about baptism and you're ready to commit your life to Jesus. This is a great opportunity let us know how we can minister to you, whether that's in the, in the elders' room back in the back or right now. Everybody in here loves you and cares about you and would love to pray with you and hug you and help you in any way you need us. So if we can help you, come forward now as we stand and sing this song.